time to come together and just praise him. I'm looking forward to what God's going to continue to do. Sunday was awesome. Tonight's going to be even better. Amen. And, uh, you know, the Lord's just going to build this thing. I just feel it. But uh, I know that he's got something to say, and I don't want to take up any time. I just want to turn it over to our evangelist. So I want you to give a wonderful new life welcome, amen, tonight to evangelist David Owens. Praise the Lord. It's not very often that I am uh, at a loss for words. I, but tonight I just feel overwhelmed in so many ways by the glory of the Lord that we are in tonight. Do you realize we're not just in church, but the kingdom has come? You realize that? The kingdom has come. A lot of ways that you know that because the king is here. And I have come to understand that the king, the kingdom of God, that the king's domain, the realm of the king's dominion is when you have the king and you have his realm and you have his reign and you have his resources. All of that is here tonight among us. We saw devils evicted yesterday. Jesus said, if I cast out devils by the finger of God, then know of a surety that the kingdom of God has come among you. So he's here tonight. And I think one of the most fascinating things that you see beginning to arise as God begins to fill the earth with his glory is how that the enemy becomes more blatant. He shows up more. Have you noticed that? Witches start coming to church. Witches start trying to manifest in church. But I want to tell the enemy tonight that you came in one way, but you will flee seven ways. The blood of Jesus is against you. The king is against you tonight. You can't win. You never will win. You are deluded to think that you can win. Every curse that anybody would try to put upon us is going to come back on you. God turns it back on you tonight. I don't go around saying stuff like that. But I know tonight I'm to say that in this service. You're already defeated. You will not show out. You will not disrupt. You will not perform in this house tonight. This is the house of God. The Holy Spirit's the only spirit we're here to honor. And so anything that you have planned, know that it's already failed. It's been canceled. It will not succeed. Every weapon that's been formed against us will not prosper. And if your tongue rises against us in judgment or curse, just know that it will fail. We're going to condemn that tongue. We're going to condemn that wo those words. And we just speak against it in the name of the Lord. Amen. We're not here to lift up the enemy. That's not what I'm doing. Just doing what I felt like I needed to do tonight before I preach. Because Jesus is truly in this house. He's manifesting. <clears throat> Would you stand with me again, please, and just lift your hand up? And listen, I want to say this before you do that. If, if you came to church tonight and suddenly you felt... An, uh, uh, like an infirmity come on you or, or you feel sick in your body. I just want to speak healing over your life right now. Okay? I just know that's here. I don't know where it is. I'm not trying to be a spiritual guru tonight. I just know it's here. And I want you to be healed in the name of the Lord. 
I want you to receive your healing right now. Come on, everybody lift your hands up. Let's begin to magnify the Lord. Let's praise God together. We love you, Father. There's nobody greater than you. Jesus said that. We acknowledge your greatness. You are above all. You are the Father of glory. You are the Father of spirits, of just men made perfect. You are the Father, God of our Lord Jesus Christ. And now because Jesus has ascended to the right hand of your majesty, now we call you our Father. You have given us the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We are your children. We are your seed. We are heirs of you, and we are joint heirs with your Son. And I thank you that your resources are flowing tonight. Your spirit is flowing tonight in fullness. And I thank you for the healings that are already transpiring right now. I thank you for the deliverances that are already transpiring right now. I thank you for the wind of encouragement that's blowing like a zephyr among your people even right now, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody give God a good shout of victory praise tonight. Come on, lift your voice up. Let's shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Let's make his praises known. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, Monday night's glory is as good as any on Sunday or any other day, isn't it? It's wonderful, wonderful tonight. Thank you for coming. It's great to see you. Just remain standing, if you will. We're going to read the scripture. You can be finding Luke chapter 18. If you will turn there with me tonight, wonderful to see you here on Monday. I've got really good news. That The gospel is good news. News that's almost too good to be true, but I've got good news as well. Monday only comes once this week. How many of you are glad of that? Only one Monday this week, and you've almost got it licked. And I can tell you this will be the greatest part of your Monday, being together. Being together tonight, this will be the greatest part of your Monday. And God's going to touch you, and I appreciate all the, the New Life people coming on Monday night. And thank you for your response to the Lord. It's beautiful. What a house of God. What a wonderful house of God. I want to acknowledge a great friend that's here tonight that I've known for many, many years. He's head and shoulders above everybody else. His name's not Saul. <laughs> His name's Tony. And I love him. Tony, I love you, man. Thank you for coming tonight. I mean, I, I adore your, your spirit, your love for God. Uh, I've known Tony for a long, long time, probably close to 20 years now. And um, uh, he, I pastored at Pottsville Assembly of God. And one day... Uh, he drove a truck. He, he, he came by to see me, and I wasn't there. And I regret that. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I wasn't there. But that so impressed me that he would be willing to come by and visit with me in Arkansas. Uh, You've got to be going through Arkansas to go through it. <laughs> it's just not a very big state. Uh, we gave you uh, Walmart. We gave you Tyson Chicken. We gave you the Clintons, and two out of three ain't bad. I tell you that. <laughs> I'll let you figure out which two out of three I'm talking about, okay? 
Now, don't be offended by that. That's funny. Come on, that's just a good joke right there. And if you were from Arkansas, you'd feel the same way. I promise you. Luke chapter 18, verse 35. We're going to read down through verse number 43. I want to speak tonight about dominating your atmospheres. Not atmosphere singular. I, I put the plural in there. Dominating your atmospheres. Let's read it together. Verse 35, it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man, we still call him blind Bartimaeus, but how do you know he's not blind anymore? We should just call him Bartimaeus. He's not blind Bartimaeus. Jesus healed him and took care of all that. But a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging, and hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by, and he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him, that he should hold his peace. But he cried, so much the more, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He's saying, Jesus, you're the Messiah. That's what he's saying. He's declaring that. Jesus, I recognize that you are the promised Messiah that the prophets spoke about. Jesus stood Commanded him to be brought unto him, and when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, followed Jesus, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God, dominating your atmospheres. You can be seated tonight in the presence of the Lord. We have prayed together, honored the word of the Lord together. <clears throat> when I use the term atmosphere, I'm talking about something that is composed of a particular spirit. I'm talking about something that's composed of the air around us, the pressure of that air the climate of the environment, and the prevailing tone or mood of a place and a people. We know that atmospheres can choke us at times. They can be very oppressive and suppressive. They can weaken, they can destroy people and places. We know by the same token that atmospheres can promote life and they can promote health, even divine health. It can promote that among us. It can promote blessing over a people and a place. The good news is that if there is a negative atmosphere, atmospheres can be changed. And atmospheres can not only be changed, but they can be stabilized and even stopped to house a certain atmospheric pressure and to manifest the presence and the glory of God. Now listen to me tonight. When a negative atmosphere has been penetrated by an agent of change. We'll call that believers and the church because we are agents of change in the earth. When a negative atmosphere has been penetrated by that agent of change, the spirit and presence that has previously controlled things will begin to manifest in a very violent measure of defiance and blowback. You can just get ready for that. When you begin to change the atmosphere... If there has been a negative spirit, a, a, an evil spirit that's been controlling that atmosphere, once you defeat that, once you puncture that, the enemy is going to come and blow back against that. 
There's a great verse that I want to share with you tonight. Ecclesiastes 10 and 8, the last part of that verse says, Whoso breaketh and hedge, a serpent shall bite him. Anybody ever read that verse before? If you read the Bible through, you've read that verse. Think about what that verse is saying. When you break and hedge, a serpent shall bite you. We always think of spirits defending something. We think first the first move of the enemy is to defend something. And yes, he will do that. He will always do that. But listen, when he controls a place or a people, he primarily will be defensive to keep us out. That's our thinking. But the real warfare begins when the hedge of dominion has been punctured by that agent of change. That's when the controlling spirit that's been in charge of an atmosphere begins to strike back in a high level of offensive uh, 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 offensive. A carnage as he begins to try to manifest against that. So what I'm saying tonight is that a severe response from the enemy tells you that you're not trying to get in. It tells you that you are in. Somebody hear that tonight. Somebody needs to hear that. Brother David, I don't understand. I've been moving toward the Lord. I've had some breakthroughs in my life. But it just seems like the warfare has gone to another level. Yes. What did you expect? That means you've broken the hedge. That means you've punctured the atmosphere. And now a transformation of that atmosphere is in progress right now. And it's proof of your penetration. It's proof of your penetration. Ecclesiastes 10 and 4 goes right along with Ecclesiastes 10 and 8. It says, if the spirit of the ruler rise up against you, leave not thy place, for yielding pacifieth great offenses. See, sometimes when that ruling spirit rises up against you, you want to run at the worst, or maybe you want to back off at the least, but that's the worst thing that you can do because the Holy Spirit writes through Solomon here that when you begin to back off, when that ruling spirit moves against you, you begin to pacify things that have been offensive. In other words, you allow it to stay in place when God has sent you there to dominate the atmosphere in order to overthrow it. Now listen, when I say breaking hedge, I'm telling you that in every way describes a breakthrough. We talk about that in Pentecost all the time. Oh, I need a breakthrough. Our church, our family, my finances needs a breakthrough. But I'm going to tell you a breakthrough is very important. But what if I told you tonight that there is a step beyond breakthrough? There's something that God has more in mind for your life than always needing a breakthrough. You know what the step beyond breakthrough is? It's called overthrow. Everybody shout overthrow. I said there's a step beyond breakthrough and it's called overthrow. I want to read some scripture to you this evening from Exodus chapter 14 verses 21 through 28. The writer says here, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass it in the morning watched the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off the chariot wheels 
And they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, Let us free from the face of Israel. For the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled against it. And listen to what it said next. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Hallelujah. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. That's what's happening in some of your lives right now. You prayed to God. You interceded. You lifted up your rod of authority over that thing that was before your life that kept you from moving forward. But when you lifted it up in faith, in an obedience to God that thing begin to move out of the way and you find yourself in the midst of very real progress in your life but listen the enemy is going to try to pursue you because the moment that Israel got out of Egyptian bondage Pharaoh said what have we done why did I let that happen and have a choice to because a lamb in the blood is always greater than the power of the enemy he had to comply with that he had to consent to that because greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world but now they're going through the Red Sea they're on their way to the promised land at least some of them are a couple of them are anyway on their way to the promised land but it's not over just because they had breakthrough no I'm going to tell somebody tonight the wheels are about to come off the devil's pursuit of your life oh I feel the Holy Ghost as I say that tonight I said the wheels are about to come off of the devil's pursuit of you and you're not just in the midst of a breakthrough. God is going to give you an overthrow. God's going to raise his arm up and bear his arm before you and he's going to say i got more in mind for you than needing breakthrough. After breakthrough after breakthrough I'm going to overthrow your enemy and you're never going to see that enemy again. Did you hear what Sister Angela said? Tonight is your night not a breakthrough but tonight is your night of overthrow. You'll never see that enemy again and you'll look around you and see the carnage of hell because your God is greater than your enemy. Come on, give me praise in this house. Hallelujah. Overthrow is final. Overthrow is final. And it expunges the enemy from your atmosphere forever. That particular enemy that you're dealing with. Brother David, you mean I can get rid of demonic spirits forever? Jesus told a spirit one day, you leave and don't you ever come back. Absolutely you can do that. Absolutely you can do that. There's no need to get into the pattern of life where you have to defeat the same stuff all the time. The last few years, beginning about 2015, Till probably last year, my New Year's was miserable. Everybody was making resolutions and I was trying to survive, I felt like. And these were some of the highest level demonic spirits that the Lord put me into warfare with. And they didn't come in a, 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 a small Manifestation. They came in a tyrannical form. 
And I begin to ask the Lord, what's going on with this? Why, are, why, why am I facing this? Have I done something in my life to open myself up to this? If I have, I want you to show me so I can shut the door, so I can repent and shut the door on that. This is how he answered me. He said, David, I've let these evil spirits come against you in the tyrannical form, in, in, a, in the greatest form you've ever faced before, because you have to know that when you defeat them this time, you'll never have to face them again. He had my attention. One of them was in 2019. I have faced spirits of infirmity in that time. I have faced spirits of oppression in my mind during that time. But in 2019, I faced what the Lord told me was a spirit of poverty. Now listen, when I say poverty... Don't get all nervous, okay? Don't, don't get weirded out on me because poverty really doesn't have that much to do with how much money you have. Poverty doesn't have anything to do with quantity. It has everything to do with quality. How many of you heard what I just said? The quality of your life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That's not quantity, that's quality. That's a quality of life. That's the eternal life of God. That's the overthrowing, overcoming life of Jesus. So I'm dealing with this. And when 2019 started, I've been in the ministry almost 40 years of my life now. I started when I was two. (laughs) Not. (laughs) 17 years old. I'm 56 now. Probably look 65, but I'm 56 And and God has blessed me every step of the way. Every single time there's been a need, God has met the need. But I started 2019 with less money than I've had in years. Very few dates were available at the first of the year. If you're an evangelist, December, January, the holiday season coming in through January can be extremely difficult, extremely challenging for the evangelist. So my last few dates of of 2018, I preached two dates, got $150, and I was thankful for every dime of it because I don't preach in big churches mainly. Come into 2019, my first date is at a church that runs probably 15 or 20 people. I won't tell you what the offering was. I was grateful for every dime. And I mean that spirit's coming hard and heavy. And then I heard it talk. It, didn't just, it just didn't move against finances and the quality of life, the abundant life of Christ. But now it's speaking into my ear and it's saying, see how God treats his servants? You've been serving him all of these years. Look how your, wife's, your, your life's going to wind up. You're getting older now. Going to be more difficult for people to choose you to be the evangelist because you're getting older. I'm battling all of this stuff. In my mind and in my spirit, God began to move and God began to manifest. I began to war against that. And God began to bless my life. In fact, in 2019, I'm sorry, yeah, 2020 came at the end of that. You, you remember 2020, don't you? Anybody remember 2020? You almost sound like you're cussing when you say it, don't you? I mean, that, it's almost a byword, 2020. Ooh, 
Get thee behind me. I mean, that's just a gnarly thing to say, 2020. So I get through 2019. God blesses us. It's, a, it's one of the most prosperous years of ministry, fruitfulness that we've ever had before. But then we come to 2020. You may remember something called the pandemic. And I'm tired of mentioning that, by the way. So I'm going to move beyond that very quickly. But if you were an evangelist, suddenly churches shut down. You've got nowhere to go preach. Everybody's shut down. My last revival meeting in 2020 uh, for a couple of months was March 15th through the 18th. From March the 18th through May the 17th, I didn't have one revival. I preached some, I preached some drive-up services where when you preached, people didn't say amen. They honked their horn at you. Honk. And if you said something really good, you got two honks. And if you said something really powerful, they just laid down on the horn. I mean, you's ready for the rapture either way. Because <laughs> your ear's kind of attuned to that. So I'm down for two months. I go to prayer. Listen, folks, if God had not let me defeat the spirit of poverty in 2019, I'm telling you, he helped me to overcome that. I'm not telling you there haven't been financial crunches and financial struggles since then. But what I'm telling you, that the, the spirit of poverty will never harass my life again to begin to try to expunge funds and a quality of life from me that Jesus said was abundant for me. And again, that's not just money. I'm talking marriage, ministry, health, relationships, business, and everything. Because that was defeated. Now I'm moving to 2020. I'm in the middle of a pandemic. And the devil says again, it's over for you. You're going to go under. But in prayer, I heard God say, David, I'm going to command ravens to feed you. And I'm going to command widows' houses to sustain you. I knew immediately what he meant when he said that. I knew that the, that the ravens were individuals that were going to sit us in. I didn't put a GoFundMe on the, on the Facebook. I didn't do that. God knew my need. I didn't manipulate anybody. I didn't send out letters with sob stories. I just had Jehovah Jireh on my side that had already defeated the spirit of poverty in my life. I can tell you ravens started sending money in. Individuals that were struggling them themselves heard from God and they shipped the money in I knew that widows houses were, were corporate churches that were going to send money I began pastor started texting me what's your address David I knew they weren't going to send me a birthday card I knew what was coming I can tell you two months down I prospered I didn't lose a dime ladies and gentlemen and when I got to October of 2020 I got the largest offering I've ever received before in my life. Why, Brother David? Because I broke through a hedge and the serpent bit me, but I shook it off and now I'm blessed because of the greatness of Almighty God. Come on, somebody give me praise in this house. Does that make any sense? I just believe that's helping someone tonight. I want to consider three atmospheres with you. Never preached it like this before. Three atmospheres with you tonight. When I get to the end, I've got a prophetic word for this house. I've got a prophetic word for pastor and his wife that I'm going to release over this house tonight. First of all, 
I want to tell you, you need to dominate your personal atmosphere. You need to dominate your personal atmosphere. Let's go back to Luke 18 and verse number 35 again. Let me read that in your hearing. It came to pass that as he was come nigh into Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside. Everybody say wayside. Sat by the wayside begging. Now notice with me tonight that Bartimaeus' personal atmosphere was situated in and by the wayside. Everything matters in the Bible. So I looked up the word wayside. And it means a road. Obviously it would be a road. Figuratively, it means a mode or a means. And listen to this one. By implication, it means a progress. So here's what it's saying. Bartimaeus set by progress begging. He set by progress but never made any. He set by progress in a progressive flow. But he never got into it. And it never affected him. The flow of progress never swept him into its destiny determining ferocity. He's still a beggar. He's in the same condition. He heard other people's footsteps in that progress. Some of you have sat here and watched this church be changed since Jerry Jenkins came your way. But you haven't budged. You haven't progressed. This is not the same church you're in, you've been in. You're not going in the same direction on the same trajectory as Pastor said yesterday. And you're sitting there and you have not progressed one iota. Probably Bartimaeus was looked at by those who passed by him as a hindrance to progress. We don't want you to be here. You're in the way, Bartimaeus. And suddenly this man who is in the way of progress starts crying out for Jesus to do something in his life. Now listen, when you look at the wayside in the scripture, Jesus identified the wayside as an area that not only has a high volume of traffic, but also it has a high volume of satanic and demonic activity. Did you know that? Jesus said that. Here's the verse. Mark chapter 4 and verse 15 says, And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately. Satan cometh immediately. Matthew says, the wicked one comes and snatcheth it or catcheth it away. Luke says that the devil comes and steals that word away. When they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And listen to me. When you don't progress with the local church, when God begins to work in this house and God begins to move this church forward and you don't progress with him, you are literally deeding your atmosphere over to the enemy. Because you're becoming a wayside believer, and that's where the enemy works. You don't want to be by the wayside. You want to be in the way. That's Jesus. You want to be in the flow of the river. You want to move in the Holy Spirit. So we gather from this verse that wayside ground is a place that's void of understanding. Satan wants to keep you ignorant about the Word of God. 
One thing I love, when Bartimaeus heard all the commotion, he said, what does this mean? I like that. What does this mean? What's going on? I need some understanding what's going on because the wayside ground is where the enemy operates. So I need some understanding. Wayside ground is attacked by accusation and condemnation. The devil begins to slander you. You're not worthy of this. You can't overcome what you're struggling with. You've been blind your whole life. You're in the way. You're, you're weight on this church. You're a barnacle on this church. You're nothing but, but, but a doorstop for this house. And the devil will accuse you. The wayside ground is a place of word theft. The word is sown to you. But wicked people come and begin to get up in your face and say God can't bless you God's not going to help you I'm telling you the Lord is coming your way tonight because I'm glad to tell you that Bartimaeus did not get words sown to him he got the sower himself hallelujah I said Bartimaeus didn't get the words sown to him he got the sower himself I'm here to tell somebody tonight in this room Jesus is going to visit your life and your ground and he's going to give you power to take dominion over your atmosphere and you're moving from the wayside and you're going to get in the progress of the church and you're going to flow and you're going to be blessed and you're going to be a vital part of what God is doing in this local church. Woo! Hallelujah. So I've just got to the point, Lord, help me with this. What does this mean? He gives wisdom. He gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not. He'll give you understanding. So atmospheres are defined by controlling issues and controlling spirits. Jesus called Bartimaeus to himself. He said, Bartimaeus, you're not just getting into progress, but I'm bringing you into messianic progress. I'm bringing you into kingdom progress. And Jesus gave him back his sight. Here's how you know that you're on the wayside. Blind men are always on the periphery. You're always on the outside looking in. You're willing to watch somebody else get saved. You're willing to watch somebody else get baptized in the Holy Ghost. You're willing to watch somebody else be delivered from their, their, their lifelong addictions. But you sit there on the periphery and you keep begging, I want a blessing today. If God can just help me get through another day. No, it's not about breakthrough. It's not about surviving. It's about thriving. The Lord wants me to tell you tonight. He is here. He's going to invest your life. He's going to change your atmosphere. Blind men stay on the periphery, but men with sight follow Jesus. I can tell you church. I can tell you new life church. The Lord is watching over his word. He will hasten to perform it. It's not going to be taken by the enemy. Everything God has said about this house and about your life will come to pass and I will say thus saith the Lord. Hear me well on this one. You need to start dominating corporate atmospheres. Luke chapter 18 verse 39 again. Look at this one. And they. They. A lot of they's today. You can ask how, how are they doing? And they'll say she's fine. Some of you get that after a while. What about them? Oh, he's good too. I'll leave it there. 
And they which went before rebuked him. They rebuked him. They which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. It's very important. At times, the people that have went before will start rebuking with fervor the preceding generation's heart cry and spiritual desires. And you can hear church mouse in here right now. At times, the people that have went before will rebuke with fervor the preceding generation's heart cry and spiritual desires. These people rebuked Bartimaeus that went before. The disciples, some followers of Christ, were among this crowd. They rebuked him. The word rebuke means to tax upon. It means to censure. It means to forbid. It means to restrain. Did you know there are people that were leaders in previous moves of God, previous great seasons of the Lord that are now operating in the role of restrainer in this present move? They attack everything. That's one of the reasons I pulled back for two and a half years since the pandemic. I had to seek God because I got tired of all the opinions. I got tired of all the attacks on prophets and everybody else. I got tired of it. I got weary with it. Because we need prophets. Every prophet's not false. There's people that prophesied Roe v. Wade would be overturned. Guess what? Hello, it's overturned. Found a federal level. And I had to pull back from that. The Lord said, David, I want you to hear from me. I want you to seek the word of the Lord at my mouth. Why would they attack people like this? Why would they move against a man that is crying out for the mercy of his Messiah to give him a bona fide physical miracle? Because this generation that's coming into the church, a lot of people see it as the wrong kind of people. We want the three-piece suit sinners. We want the well-to-do sinners. I'm glad this church isn't like that. I'm glad you want the ex-prisoners. I'm glad you want the drug addicts. I'm glad you want the prostitutes to come in this house and be saved. I'm glad you want the witches that can be born again by the power of Jesus Christ. Come on. Come on. Come on. You're the right kind of people. Jesus died for you. The wrong kind of people, they say. They have the wrong kind of worship, they say. I read a book called 21 Seconds to Change Your Life by Dr. Mark Rutland. It's a great book. He goes through the Lord's, Lord's Prayer. It takes about 21 seconds to read the Lord's Prayer. He, he, he puts it against the 23rd Psalm, and you'd be amazed at how correlated they are together. He was talking about new music versus old music. I think it's an old argument now, but some people still live there. I want to tell you something about old music. This is what he said. He said, when you think about Beethoven and Chopin and Bach, what do you think of? What, what kind of music? 
classical music. Well, guess what? They didn't write classical music. They wrote contemporary music that became classical over time. Is my mic on? I said they wrote contemporary music that became classical over time. Did you know Amazing Grace at one time was a contemporary song? <laughs> Can you imagine what people said when somebody sang a I can't believe they're singing that new music in church. <laughs> And I'm going to tell you, there's a generation that's had their eyes open to the glory of God. They're not writing out of their pain. They're writing out of their revelation of who Jesus really is. Come on. Come on. And we've got to back off this stuff because there's a generation that's crying out for God. I wonder how many came into the church and they were really going after God and the religious spirit shut them down. Churches used to be on fire. Churches used to be at the forefront of what God was doing. Now say, it's the wrong kind of people, the wrong kind of worship. They have the wrong kind of needs. They have the wrong kind of timing. I don't like their participation level. All they want to do is spend hours at the church. We've got to beat the Baptists down to the local restaurant. No, sir. It's the right kind of people. It's the right kind of worship. It's the right kind of need. It's the right kind of timing. It's the right kind of participation. God's raising up a generation that don't care about the time on the clock. They're going to get lost in His presence and found in His glory and they're going to live and they're going to walk at the highest level the church has ever known. See, we let the wrong people control the atmosphere of the church. Oh, it's getting quiet, quiet, quiet. I got a good friend in Arkansas. Preached for him on occasions. Great man of God. He had a daughter that played high school basketball. She was very, very talented. She was a point guard. She was a good ball distributor. She was a good playmaker. She got other people involved in the, in the plays, but she was an excellent three-point shooter herself. One day, somebody on the team came up to her and said, you're a ball hog. I don't know what you call them in California. That means you're shooting too much. You're a ball hog. You need to get other people involved. You know what she did? She shut down. She stopped shooting at all. She would still make passes and set other people up. But it wasn't long that other people started noticing. Her teammates started noticing, hey, we need you to shoot the ball. You're one of our best shooters. People in the stands, other families noticed that this young lady suddenly pulled back and she wasn't shooting anymore. The coach noticed it. We need you to shoot. We, you're one of our best players. We need you to shoot. Well, the dad noticed it too. And the dad's he's funny as all get out. And I love him because he's shorter than me. And I can't say that about many people. And so he, he, he was bivocational. He, he drove a truck, and he went to work early one day because they had a big game, and he went to work early, got off early, so he could go to her ball game that night. 
When he got home, she was in a room prior to going to the gym to prepare for the game. He walked into her room and he said, listen, I want to tell you something. He said, I notice you're not shooting much anymore. I notice you've backed off a lot. You're still making good passes. But everybody's noticing it. The coaches said something. Families have said something. Teammates have said something. Me and your mom's talked about it. What's wrong with you? He said, I went to work early today. I got off early so I could go watch you play tonight. He said, I just want you to know, if I go to that game and you don't shoot tonight, when I get you home, I'm going to whip you all over this house. I don't know if that's good parenting or not, but apparently it done the job. Because that night... When they went to the game, she started shooting again, and it started clicking again. She hit a lot of pull, made a lot of points that night, hit a lot of three-pointers. Everything was good. Come to find out, you know who told her that she was a ball hog? It was a bench warmer, somebody that never played, somebody that wasn't a starter, somebody that never got in the game. Doesn't that sound true? That's who usually tries to shut the church down. We're spending too much time in the altar. We've got too much worship. Our services are too long I can tell you they're not you better back off sir you need to back off lady because the spiritual people are going to take back over the atmosphere of the house of God and we're going to worship and we're going to praise and we're going to make the altar the altar again we're going to lift our hands we're going to dance we're going to shout we're going to talk in tongues we're going to be the church of the living God come on let's rejoice in the Lord tonight we're going to take the corporate atmosphere back over. Hallelujah. Don't you let a negative nanny take over this atmosphere. Don't you let somebody tell you your services are too long. No, sir. No, sir. There's no time consciousness in the glory of God. I want to tell the spiritual people, keep crying out. Keep crying out. Keep crying out till you stop him. Keep crying out till you got your need met. Don't stop. I don't care who's trying to shut you down. I don't care if it's somebody you respected for 40 years. If they're telling you to shut down, do it like we've always done it. No, I'm going to do it like God tells me to do it. I'm going to do it like the Bible tells me to do it. I don't need a tradition. I don't need a paradigm from a former day. I need the word of God to open up to me by the Holy Ghost in this hour because the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter and it's going to shine brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. Corporate atmospheres. You need to dominate your personal atmosphere. Get in the progress of the church. Spiritual people, dominate the corporate atmosphere. Worship your God. Cry out to your God. And thirdly, we need to dominate regional atmospheres. Well, I like what I'm about to tell you. I really do. I believe God's given me something not only for this house, but also for this county and possibly even this state. I've been praying so much for you guys out here since 2020. 
I mean a whole lot. My heart's broken for you. When I see the oppression you have to live under a lot of the time. To see the joy on your face. I want you to know it blesses me greatly. To see your courage and your faith to go after God like you do. But I want to help you tonight. I believe the Holy Spirit has given me a word for this house and for this region. I want to read Luke 18.35 one more time. Just the first part of it, please. It came to pass that he was come nigh unto Jericho. You see that? Is that what it says? It came to pass that he was come nigh or near unto Jericho. That's when he met Bartimaeus. Look at chapter 19 and verse 1. It says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Matthew chapter 21, or 20, verses 29 and 30 says, And as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. Now that could have been the Bartimaeus saga, but it says that he found Bartimaeus as he came not to Jericho. He's finding these blind men on his way out of Jericho. And he found Zacchaeus as he was entering into and going through Jericho. So I want you to see those three phrases. Near Jericho. At the entrance of Jericho. Departed from or as he was exiting Jericho. How many of you know that describes regional dominance? I mean, when you're, when you're dominating the before, during, and after, you're dominating. <laughs> Jesus did marvelous things all along the Jericho corridor. Close to it. Entering into it. And then as he was exiting out of it. I can tell you he transformed the wayside ground. He got Bartimaeus off the wayside ground. He got those two other blind men off the wayside ground. They became, they moved into the way of progress. They're moving with Jesus. They're praising Jesus. They're glorifying God. Listen to this. Jesus transformed a businessman and his business practices. He's changing societal trends. He's building integrity back in business. He transformed cultural controlling infirmities. Blind men saw two at least, possibly three, if these are three different people. Blind men saw. Zacchaeus wanted to see. So he climbs up a tree. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. How many of you know that Sunday school song? <laughs> He's one of my favorite Bible characters because I'm taller than him too. <laughs> Here's what God told me to tell you. There is a supernatural faith lift that is coming to Orange County, California. 
almost wish I could sit out there to hear me say it to me. I said there's a supernatural faith lift coming to Orange County. This church and this region will be known as a Jesus Corridor. Come on. This church and this region will be known as a Jesus corridor because he's going to dominate close to it. He's going to dominate at the entrance of it. He's going to dominate all the way through it and he's going to dominate on your way out. My God. Hallelujah. God told me to tell you, as the smog covers L.A., the glory of God's going to cover you. It's going to be tangible. It's going to be noticeable. You're going to be able to feel it because this is the will of God. I want to say to this house, new life, you will be a strategic sycamore tree that God is going to use to lift other people up into a seeing splendor. They're going to be in a seeing sphere. They want to see Him, but they've never found a place where they could see Him. But they're going to come in this house. They're going to climb up on your worship. They're going to climb up on your faith. They're going to climb up on your authority. And they're going to see Jesus for who He you're going to cause people to reach the heights in the spirit realm nobody else could ever get them to do you see the trend The whole vein of Jesus' ministry in Jericho, the predominant vein, was seeing or giving sight. Blind men saw. Zacchaeus is climbing up so he can see. See it? That's the vein of ministry of Jesus in Jericho. His vein of ministry at New Life will be the giving of deeper and higher revelation. Of who Jesus is. His work among you will create new. And correct perspectives of his person. People will know God correctly in this house. They will see him for who he is. Not as other people tried to make him be. I want to declare over this house there will be fresh vision. It will be a regular thing. You'll say, I never saw it like that before, but I see it now. You're going to have aha moments like Peter did. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. This church will be able to provide new perspectives of the identity for people previously known in negative forms and opinions. Zacchaeus was a crook, but he's a crook no more. 
Jesus changed the opinion of people about Him. This church is going to change the opinion of people about your life because you will be seen in your true identity as Christ has made you be who you are. Pastor Jonathan, I can tell you that new workers are going to arise up and they're going to say, I see us doing this and that and you will see it come to pass because you'll wind up being the people to do it. God told me to tell you, you will see every single detail of your vision come to pass without fail. This is what I'm about to tell you, Pastor. He said every single detail of your vision will come to pass. But he said there has been a fine print that you have yet to see. That the Holy Spirit will now enlarge and magnify for you. For your consideration. It includes the terms and the conditions and the disclosures of hidden things. That will now come to the forefront and that have always been the divine design of God all along. And God told me to tell you, Pastor, your 50th year at the end of this month will be your personal jubilee. Your 50th year will be your jubilee year of freedom. You will find the restoration of regions and territory that's been taken from you. A spiritual indebtedness that's been placed on you by other people will suddenly be canceled. And you will no longer be indebted to another's vision and another's convictions. You will be free now to live as God has destined for you to live. Come on, stand to your feet and give God praise in this house. Come on. Come on, there ought to be rejoicing in here. There ought to be rejoicing in here tonight. Woo! Glory! Jesus. 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 
Some of you are going to have a hard time wrapping your spirit around what I just spoke over you. Because we've been conditioned to expect the worst now, even in the church. Jesus gave the parable. I really thought I was going to be preaching on this tonight. He gave the parable of the Lord that had the, the vineyard. And he went out early in the morning, started arresting laborers to work in his vineyard. Went out early in the morning. 6 a.m. Went out again at 9 a.m. Got more. Went out at noon. Got more. See, that tells you that moves of God will be in every hour that the church is on this earth. He went out. He went out. He went out. He's moving. He hasn't given up on stirring his people. He hasn't given up on the harvest. And he gets to the 11th hour. And he says to people, why, why aren't you working? He said, they said, nobody hired us. Nobody hired. Nobody gave us a chance. That's what this church is going to be. You're going to give people chances that never had a chance to be spiritual. To be a part of something significant and powerful and glorious. And see, the people that started early in the morning, started the first of the day, bore the heat of the day, bore the burden, they got mad that the master made the 11th hour laborers equal to them. That's not fair. It's not about fairness. It's about covenant. It's about agreement. It's about covenant. It's about, about the parameters he sets in the covenant that we agree to. And see, here's what we're battling right now. You've got the people been at this a long, long time. They're ready for the day to be over to go to the house. But you've got people coming to the church right now. They're not thinking about going to the house. They're thinking about pleasing the master. See, that's the tension right now in the body of Christ. We're going to go home. It could be tonight. But there's people coming to the body of Christ right now. They're excited to work for Jesus. And I just want to free you tonight. We're going to go home. We're going to get rewarded. But there's work to be done. And I can tell you, Brother David, is there going to be a great harvest? Yes, because Jesus said the harvest is great. Yes, there's going to be a great harvest. Jesus called it that. And the only reason it wouldn't be that is because we're idle on the sideline. The labor is few. That, that's why it wouldn't be great. Is there going to be a great outpouring? Yep, there is. I don't study revival. I'm too busy living one out. I'm living a revival. I don't study them. I live it. I'm living the outpouring. I'm living what God is doing right now. So you understand tonight, folks. This church is progressing. You need to dominate your personal atmosphere and get up off the sideline and get in the flow. Stop letting people that don't want anything decide how spiritual your church is going to be. And start dominating this region for Jesus. Here's what I want to do tonight. It's going to be a strange altar time, but I just feel like this is God. There may be some crossover in this. 
But I want parents tonight. I want you to take personal ground. I want you to take control of your personal atmosphere. I want dads and moms and I want children to pray together. If you want to come to the front, you can. If you want to stay right there where you are, you can. But I want you to start taking a dominant posture in your personal territory. I want there to be a domination of corporate ground tonight. I want the leaders of this house. I want you to spread throughout the church. This may be a crossover. If your family's here, take them with you. But I want, I want leaders spread all over this house tonight, okay? And before you go there, listen, there may be crossover in this. But are there any business people in here that you, you run a business or you, you're a boss over something or anything like that? Can I see your hand? Anybody? Okay, we got some business people in here tonight. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to step outside of the door, and I want you to get out there in that park. I don't want, you don't have to scream. You don't have to make a show. But I want you to go out there, and I want you to start speaking into the atmosphere. And I want you to release what the word of the Lord that he spoke over you tonight. And I want you to come into agreement over it, okay? I know it sounds crazy. I, I, I've never asked people to do this stuff like that before. But I know we have to tonight. Let's take dominion. I want parents with children. I want leaders all over this house begin to spread out. I want the business people. I want you to step outside maybe with your family. Just step out on the parking lot and begin to speak over businesses. Begin to pray about the economy. Come on. This is something you're going to have to do. I'm not going to be here very long, but you're going to be here forever till the Lord takes us out of here. I want you to believe God right now. Would you do that? Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's believe God right now. Leaders, I want you against every wall. I want you all over this building. I want you to pray. I want you to believe God. It's time for you to have overthrow in your family. It's time for you to have overthrow in your marriage, in your finances, in your health. It's time for you to have overthrow in your thinking. How about a leader up here on this platform? How about somebody in the instruments? Somebody come up here and begin to pray in this area up here. Come join me up here. I want to stand in agreement with you. Hallelujah. Father, we sanctify this platform. The greatest messages, the greatest worship that's ever been played, that's ever been led in the history of this church, God, is about to come forth. Even now and beyond, it will come forth, Lord. We take authority and dominion on this platform. It's a holy place. It's a sanctified place. It's a place of release. It's a place of sight. It's a place where sight is given, Lord. For blessed are your eyes. They shall see. Blessed are your ears. For they shall hear. It's given for you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Come on, church. Come on. Come on. Come on. The Lord's going to use you tonight. Hallelujah. My Lord. Come on. Control your personal atmosphere. Control this corporate atmosphere. 
We're not shutting down because people don't want to go any further. Because they get tired of how we do it. No, we're going to keep crying out. Jesus, have mercy on us. We know what our need is. We know that we can't see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Some of you may not have family here, but dominate. Dominate tonight. Take authority over places, strongholds of the enemy. Uproot it. Curse the tree. Curse it at its roots. Witchcraft, you're done. Occultic forms of worship and practice, you're done. Early death, you're done. Breast cancer. Female cancer. I took my grandma and my mama controlling my atmosphere. Husbands that your grandpa and your dad died at a heart attack at, at an early age. Come on, dominate your atmosphere tonight. Take control of it. Take charge of this campus. Take charge of these grounds. Glory! Glory! Somebody overthrow the power of limitation off your family. Some of your families wasn't raised Pentecostal. You're having a hard time believing the tongue talking, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Take control right now. Take control of it right now. Pray for your kids to be filled. Pray for your spouse to be filled. Pray for your siblings to be filled. Young people, start praying into your school. Pray into your school right now. Come on, release Jesus to walk the halls of your school. This is a glory corridor. This is a Jesus corridor. Glory. I want to speak over somebody's womb. You've had a series of miscarriages. I move against that in the name of the Lord. I speak fruitfulness over your womb. I speak birth. I speak conception and birth. I speak gestation over your life. In the name of Jesus. Somebody receive it. You've watched your family be heartbroken for years. Jesus said, I want to heal the broken heart. I want to heal it for generations. And it's going to begin with you. You're not going to be an alcoholic. You're not going to be a child molester. You're not going to get a divorce. 
You're not going to be messed up. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Have mercy on us, Jesus. Have mercy on us, Jesus. Have mercy on us, Jesus. Shela morotorola mokoratere de mandanada bakata. Shandanada bakata. Everything changes for you guys this week. Everything changes for you guys this week. Come on. Come on, take control right now. We're not stopping. We're not, we're not going to have one foot in progress and one foot in the place where the devil has free reign and free course. We're flowing with the church. We're flowing with this house. We're moving forward in the things of God. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, she's an agent of change. Hey! She's an agent of change. Hey! Mark her with your glory. Mark her with your glory, Lord. Mark her with your glory, Lord. Mark Gabby with your glory, Lord. Mark Gabby with your glory, Lord. Mark with your glory, these young people. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. God, people are expecting California to fall off this nation. Let the Orange County be an anchor. Let this church be a pillar. Let it be a root system. That's going to feed something, God, in every direction. Revival in the north, the south, in the east, and the west. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah.